Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Well, here we are, Intense Sunday. Um, it is such a privilege to uh, get around and um, and catch up and, and mentor and coach our interns every week. And this is such a beautiful opportunity to see them stretch themselves and step out in faith. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. If I could get every person in our church to do internship once in their life, I would do it. Because I think it is so powerful and so transformative, the intentional decision to set aside a day a week just to let God grow you. And so if you've got the time and maybe that's something you want to consider, we do intakes mid-year as well in August as well as February. Maybe that's something God's prompting you about now. So let's put that out there. But without any further ado, let me tell you, one of the things about God is we serve a God who is all of truth and all of love. All of justice and all of mercy. And it is a very rare and beautiful thing when somebody encapsulates that. But that's what Lucy Veach does. And she does it with passion and she does it with conviction and she does it with strength. And she is a woman who seeks to walk after God's own heart. And so I wonder, would you stand with me and would you give a huge welcome to Lucy as she comes to preach the gospel tonight? Thank you so much, Mike. That is so sweet. Well, if you guys take a seat, Um, as Mike said, I am Lucy. Um, So a couple of things about me. I'm actually an ex-intern, meaning I have gone through internship last year, but um, when the interns were preaching last year, I had a broken foot, and that is because I am quite a goer, but we are healed and we are here, Um, and so that is really good. Um, Other things about me, um, I love people. I especially love little kids. Let's say are so cute. So I'm also going to be at camp on Tuesday, so you should come. Um, I love the beach. I love road tripping. And also, if you know me, you also know that I love talking, sometimes a little bit too much. Um, and so we are really going to try and get this done in 15 minutes tonight by the strength and power of God. Um, and so without further ado, can you guys open your Bibles to Matthew 25, um, verse 14 to 30? We're going to be... Um, preaching on the parable of the talents tonight. So a bit of context, um, this passage was written right before, um, well, was teached by Jesus right before his death. And he's just um, stated that we will never know the hour that he will return um, to judge the world. And so with this in mind, Jesus is teaching this with an intention to challenge us to live with an urgency and readiness for the kingdom. So keep that in mind while we read this. So Matthew 25, 14 to 30. For it is just like a man to go on a journey. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two talents, and to another one talent, depending on each one's ability. Then he went and earned oh sorry. <laughs> then he went on a journey. Immediately the man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. 
After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I've earned five more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Share in your master's joy. The man with the two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I've earned two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Share in your master's joy. The man who received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. His master replied to him, You evil, lazy servant. If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers and I would have received my money back with interest when I returned. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, (laughs) what does this actually mean? First, we need to understand that it is God who entrusts us with talents. Now, in this Bible passage, Jesus is referring to money. So one talent is worth 20 years of wages. So it's like a lot of money we are talking about here. But talents can also be other things that God has given to you. So we're talking relationships. We're talking abilities. We're talking even living in Australia, like our geography, our location. We're talking resources. And these things are good and they all come from the Lord. In Colossians 1 verse 6 we read, For in him all things were created, things on heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. God is a good and generous and loving God. We have to catch that here. He gives us things that we don't deserve. He gives us everything good that we have. And he also entrusts us with these things. Entrusts. You don't trust um, an enemy with something that's precious. I barely trust my brother. Sorry, Ben. I barely trust him with my chocolate from last week with Easter. And yet God, the highest God, entrusts us with everything. How precious is that? There's a relationship that is going on here. The second thing that we have to understand is that it's not about the lack of talents. The lack of talents isn't the issue here. Jesus doesn't go into detail as to why some servants received more talents than others. But what he does talk about is this. He talks about their understanding, the servants' understanding of their master and then their response to their master when they are given talents. It's a parable of stewardship. And so what was the servant's understanding and response to their master? The first two understood the kindness, they understood the goodness, they understood the authority and the just nature of their um, master. And because of that, they immediately, in the Bible it talks about, they immediately put to work these talents that they were given. 
And in response, they were able to give their master double of what they were given. They earned from it. But Jesus compares this to the third servant. The third servant was fearful of his master. He thought that he was a harsh master. And because of that, he was scared and he buried his talents in the ground in fear. Instead of stewarding what he's been given for the work of the Lord. Are you getting this? Our understanding of who God is directly shapes the way that we serve and work for him. This is crucial. Let me give two examples. So number one, a person like the third servant understands that their master is um, extremely just and um, of highest authority. But that's all that they focus on. They miss the grace and the love of God. And because of that, their life suffers. They believe that God is a harsh God and their life looks like striving for perfection and suffering the greatest shame when they fail. They bury their talents in paralyzing anxiety. They're so scared to use them and... Instead of um, using what they've given to God, they have nothing to return to him. On the other end of the spectrum, there are people who understand the love and humility of God, but they miss his holiness and his perfection and his authority and his judgment. And these people believe that God is indifferent. And their life suffers for it. They work tirelessly at living a life of ease, a life of comfort, a life of pleasure, and this shapes everything that they do. It shapes their response to their relationships. It shapes their um, response to their work. It shapes their response to their money. But they try to live a life of ease and of comfort, and they miss um, responsibility. They avoid responsibility. They're blind to the consequences that come with laziness. Now, these people bury talents and they use them for themselves to build their own kingdom rather than the Lord's. But God is not actually a God who is harsh and he's not a God who is indifferent. God is both a righteous judge but also the giver and creator of grace. He desires for us to work hard the money, resources, abilities and relationships we have been given. But he also desires for us to know that it is not our works that save us alone. It is Jesus' death and resurrection that give us the opportunity for eternal life. And this is the joy that God wants to share with us, eternal life. So, service to the Lord and communion with him. Works and yet a deep understanding of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. This intention is the picture of what a good and faithful response looks like to the Lord. And it's what we should long for, to stand before the Father and for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so how are you guys stewarding what has been given to you? Are you still serving God? Or are you maybe serving something that looks maybe a little bit more like fear 
Or maybe it's comfort or pleasure. Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a status, maybe it's a lifestyle. If you are serving these things, what we need to do is this. God loves you despite, right? And so what we need to do is bring all of these things and just surrender them to him. He wants us to come to him because I guarantee you we will fail again and again and again. And that is my life story. But when we fail, it is choosing Jesus Christ. Jesus, I have been serving this person. I have failed. But Lord, I want to choose you again as my true master. I want to be able to use everything I have given for you and for your glory to build your name and to build your kingdom. And so that's what we need to do. And the second thing we need to do is just continue to spend time in God's presence. Because when we do, that's when we know the true character and nature of God. To read his word, to spend time in prayer, to spend time in, um, amongst disciples who can build us up. But when we um, get to know God and understand his nature, then we cannot help but want to give our all to him. And so you have been gifted and graced by a good and a generous God who loves you tremendously. But if you're a Christian here, then it's important to use what you have been given to build the kingdom for his glory. We need to catch that. We are both given to generously, but can't just sit there and just take it and use it for ourselves. We're called to use it for his kingdom. And so what are you going to do about it? Jesus, in this parable, is inviting you to serve God with all that you have been given, both to see his kingdom break out now, but also for eternity. Let's listen to his teaching. So good. What what a healthy picture of God. God, the righteous and just judge, but God, the giver and creator of grace, both together. Both of those things is our God. How good. All right. Now, our, our, our next preacher tonight is uh, maybe the most lovable human being on the planet. Yes. Amen. Uh, I mean, if you think you've encountered what passion looks like before, we're going we're gonna to just up that for you tonight. But passion on its own burns out. You need to have the strength and conviction of Jesus in your life to keep it going. And Jasmine Clark has that in spades. She's a woman of passion and honour and conviction and strength. And I'm so glad that we get to sit under her teaching tonight. So why don't you stand and honour Jasmine as she comes to bring the word tonight. Hi, friends. You guys can grab a seat. Um, I am, <laughs> I'm so excited about this, not going to lie. <laughs> like, like Lucy, I'm also known for being a bit chatty, like <laughs> life group will just go a bit too long just because we get, we get so sidetracked in the conversation. Like I just love chatting. It's so much fun. <laughs> um, that aside, like I am very excited to be bringing the word. I'm also excited about the fact that I'm talking about sheep. I talk about... <laughs> I, <laughs> Um, I talk about sheep quite a lot, which might be surprising to you. You might be going, she doesn't look like a farmer. Or you might be going, "Uh, I haven't had a conversation about sheep with Jazz before. (laughs) But 
when I work, I work at a childcare centre and I also serve on the kids' men team. And in those situations, I have a few conversations where I'm asking the question, so what does a sheep say? And the little children that I work with reply by going, bah, and it is so cute. I die every time. It's just... I love it so much. If you have any questions that are more complicated than that, I encourage you to go find Kristen because she's going to be able to answer it better than what I can. (laughs) Anyway, there are two stories about sheep that I absolutely love. One of them is the parable of the lost sheep in Matthew 18 and Luke 15. The other story... I'm so excited to share this, (laughs) is Where is the Greed Sheep by Mem Fox. (laughs) It's such, they're both such good stories. I've read them so many times and I love them so much. I actually came to a bit of a realisation on Friday when I was talking to Cara and Mike and they said they hadn't read it before. I know. So, I don't know. I just wanted to do a quick survey. Can you put your hand up if you haven't read this book? Oh, wow. Okay. After I've finished, I think we're going to have to have a bit of a story time because this book is iconic. It is so good. One of the the great things about this book is that there are so many different sheep in the story. There is... And they're all so different and unique. Some sheep are, just wait, some sheep are blue. Some sheep are red. Some sheep like being in the bath. And some sheep like being in bed. And this this is okay. In fact, it's better than okay because diversity is celebrated and valued within God's within God's kingdom. It's something to be proud of. Um, God's, in the parable of the lost sheep, it is very clear in both Matthew and Luke that Jesus welcomes all people to be a part of his story. Yeah. The marginalised, the outcasts, and people part of a minority are sought after being God's kingdom. And in Luke 15:1, it says that tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to Jesus. This caused the religious leaders known as Pharisees, the people who would be considered the cool kids, to hate on Jesus because he was hanging out with people who were considered not cool. You see, the Pharisees viewed people as holy and unholy or righteous and unrighteous. And these labels determine who the Pharisees thought were getting into God's kingdom. As always, Jesus did not sink down to the Pharisees' level. Instead, he told the Pharisees and the crowd about how important every single person truly is by using the imagery in the story of the lost sheep. In this story, Jesus calls out worth and potential in everyone. His willingness to go out and search for the lost is not limited to age, career or status. Jesus loves everyone, not just the people who seem pretty enough, smart enough, fast enough, rich enough, whatever enough. This is one of my favourite quotes by Lisa Bevere and it is hanging on my bedroom wall. Marvellously loved one, there is absolutely nothing accidental about you. There is nothing that has happened or that you have said or done that makes you worthless or unlovable. Jesus calls you friend and in John 15 it says that he has chosen you. Let me put that down. 
He's chosen you. And God often intentionally chooses to use people that the world would not expect. A great example of this is the people around you. If you look up and down that row, there is a many, there's many examples of the way that God has called out potential and he has seen worth in all the people in this room. And it is powerful. God, if you ask them or me how God has made things possible and caught out potential, you'll find a whole bunch of beautiful and wonderful stories that Christians like to call testimonies. And my testimony starts in the last year of primary school when a friend invited me along to youth group. When I went along, I met these people and leaders who loved me right where I was at. I didn't need to be smart enough or trendy enough to be a part of the group, which is the complete opposite message I would receive at school. You see, when I was at school, I'm not the, I'm not the greatest with academics and I have to put in lots of effort to remember different concepts and formulas. And due to the culture of the school I was attending, this left me vulnerable to bullying. Like many people, I regularly copped comments and remarks that were intended to hit hard. The word stupid was spoken over me enough that I began to believe it and it became a part of my identity. If you don't get anything from the sermon, just please take this advice. Your words are powerful, whether you know it or not. Please be careful with the way that you use them. Anyway, if you didn't, anyway, being at youth group was a completely different story to being at school. When I was at youth group, I was welcomed into an environment that was loving and filled with God's spirit. The people there would speak life over me and they would remind me and all the girls in my small group that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. The people there would believe in us and champion us. And I just looked at one of my youth leaders and she's smiling at me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, they would believe in us and they would champion us. That would remind us that all things are possible through God who gives us strength. And it was when I was at youth group that Jesus found me, his lost sheep. Jesus was, it was in this situation that I was able to take my eyes off of the world and the messages it was trying to tell me that I am not enough. Instead, I was able to fix my eyes on Jesus and his message of life and hope. Through the years of going to youth group, I developed a deep, loving relationship with God. In this time, I received a calling from God and a passion from him for young people and children. God was calling me to be a teacher, which is something that I sometimes still can't believe today. <laughs> Through faith and lots of prayer, God has made it possible for me to go to uni. And I believe that God saw potential in me that I didn't see. And, and, where, <laughs> and my part, God is using my past experiences and passion for young people for the purpose of his kingdom. If you guys have been wondering why I'm so passionate about about EFU and our missional goal of impacting ge the generations, my testimony is part of the reason. And this, I believe that this is where God is using me in ways that I did not expect and that I cannot predict. The story about the lost sheep is about me and it's also about you. Yes. You, the marvellous loved one who Jesus is calling home. There could be 99 sheep like these ones. If I could... 
Yeah, that's the one. Like these ones on the hill. Yeah, they could be having joy, friendship, birthday cake, playing in the sand pit, <laughs> all that lovely stuff. However, Jesus isn't focusing on that. Jesus is restless because Jesus is ser- because Jesus knows that there is one missing. And he is searching far and wide for the green sheep, for me and for you. When we wander away from God, he feels sad and he misses us. And when you miss something that you love, you go and you look for it. Let me just repeat that again. When you miss something that you love, you go and look for it. God made the ultimate sacrifice to go and look for us by sending his only son, Jesus, to spend time with the lost so that they would know that they can be found. Jesus puts everything aside so that he can go and look for us, the loved one that wandered away. Jesus searches up on the highest mountains and down in the lowest valley. And in the song Reckless Love, it says, there's no shadow you won't light up, no mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down, coming after me. The love that God has for us is overwhelming and never ending. He changes chases us down and fights until we are found in a search that is demanding, long and hard. Recklessly though, Jesus trusts these 99 sheep to stay on the hill where they are and listen to the voice of the Father. When Jesus is searching for us, he calls out to us by name. He says, where are you green sheep? Loved one, where have you gone? But when Jesus finds us, the loved one who is marvellously lost, he rejoices. Jesus rejoices. He is filled with relief and love. The Holy Spirit is filling him with a sense of heavenly joy. And I believe this would look similar to the rejoicing that is described in the book of Psalms, where they're singing and shouting for, for joy. This joy comes because Jesus has completed his search and found his lost sheep. So for you right now is Jesus searching or is he rejoicing perhaps you feel lost or far away or like there may be a barrier between you and the one who called you marvelously loved or maybe just maybe you are rejoicing alongside Jesus going deeper in a journey of revival and a relationship that is built on an insane amount of love we have all wandered away at some point in our lives We have all been caught up in the ways of the world. Some of us have known Jesus for a while and have wandered away to see what the world has to offer. Many others have never encountered Jesus before and have been wandering around not knowing what to do or where to look. This can influence us to listen to the voices that say, you're not enough, to do things that can be harmful and cause shame and guilt. When we fix our eyes on the world, we are not fulfilled. We do things that damage us and leave us looking for something, not really knowing what that something is. So many people feel unseen, unheard and unloved. According to the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, in 2018, at least one in two people, that's half the population, felt lonely for at least one day each week. Another way to think about this is you and half the people you know feeling lonely, feeling unworthy and rejected every Wednesday for an entire year. In the midst of this darkness and loneliness, 
there is and can be breakthrough. Jesus is willing to find us and pick us up and take us home where He rejoices because He because He has found the one that He has lost. Being found by Jesus at the beginning of a journey of revival where you can claim the truth that there is absolutely nothing accidental about you. When you are found, you are invited to join all of the other sheep who are already on the hill. You too can experience the joy, friendship and fun. Going back to my lovely book, Where is the Green Sheep? If we turn to the last page, which is on the screen for you, we find our green sheep and he's fast asleep. Isn't he cute? The fact that you're here today makes me think that Jesus has already been searching for you and that he's found you. All he's waiting for is you. Jesus is waiting for you to open your eyes and wake up to a life and a world where you are called marvellously loved, where you are on your way home and Jesus can rejoice. If you have known Jesus for a while and if, or if you have want, and wandered away or if you have never encountered Jesus before, Today is the day where you can start a journey of revival and explore your identity as marvellously loved. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.